Cause I don't give a fuck what you say Yeah, I'ma do shit my way So you can go kick rocks I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make Yo, I got a lot of shit to say So I'ma do this every day I'll be writing things until I'm fucking buried in my grave Well, well well, good evening, one and all, and good evening to my guest, Sydney. Hello. Good evening. How, I've already asked you several times, but how are you? I'm very well. How are yourself? Tired. Grouchy. Yeah. Usual. Grouchy. Quite well, have you ever known me not to be grouchy? No. There you go. There you go. Um, I can see some people in the chat, so good evening over there on YouTube or on Rumble or on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it nowadays, if you're watching on any of those platforms. Um, this is just a general catch-up and a basic chat because I, I've, I've noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you've sort of morphed not only your content but your brand over the past few months um, into yes. something new because it was Citizen Sid and... You're a, I would say, tenacious young reporter who's done a lot of on-the-ground stuff. We've met several times, and I've <laughs> I actually spent an evening, an early evening, with your parents trying to find you once in London. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> like dart off all the, all the time. I dart off the protest lines between back and forth. My parents can never find me. Well, you know, it, like I said, tenacious, right? And I've only got four mile an hour on the scooter, so I'm not keeping up. Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you, you've sort of morphed your content as, obviously, um, the issues of the day have changed from what you used to cover. And it seems to be still very protest-focused, but just tell us all about it. Tell us about the new, new, new direction, the new brand. Tell us what you're doing. Come on. Right, so my brand, it used to be Citizen Sid, as Ben said, but now I have changed into the grey area, and I've got to change it again. I just have about 2,000 cards that I need to give away before I do. Okay. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it more personalised, I'm just going to call it Sydney Jones, and that's that, but carry on with what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but that, that's months ahead. Um, okay. So I have, obviously, the C word, which we may not mentioned that we've suffered for the past we call it the coof years. you can call it the coof the coof yes the coof that we've suffered for the three years it's sort of moved on from those times now uh we've got um trans um ideology being pushed into schools now we have drag queen story hour being pushed the uk the usa but obviously because i'm in the uk i focus on the uk yeah. Uh, we have immigration, we have a whole range of all of these issues now that I keep trying to sort of dart off and cover uh, where I can. Um, and it looks to me like you're still having a lot of lot of fun, which is always good. It's extremely fun, especially the Drag Queen Story Hour protests. Yeah, I, I wanted to dig deep down into that, actually, because you've just been at the Honor Oak pub again recently. Um, yes. First of all, I, I, I've not really been following it, so... Um, what I would like to know is, I saw a declaration of victory by Turning Point UK over the Honor Oak uh, yesterday. Yes. Except, from looking into it a bit deeper, they haven't actually held one of these events there since July. Am I right? Um, so, basically what happened is that uh, 
so Turning Point has been there for eight months consecutively, but in July, the uh, the pub announced that they were going to take a two-month hiatus from Drag Queen Story Hour. So Turning Point didn't protest there. There were other protests there, but not Turning Point. Yeah. And then there was supposed to be a Drag Queen Story Hour in September, which is 30th, which is the one just gone. Um, it never happened, though. Right. I don't Because basically the pub has now changed ownership. Yeah. So... We still left. We when we left at the honor road, it was because it was supposed to be a child's birthday party okay. at one o'clock. So we we made sure uh, we we left the pub at one o'clock. But yeah, the turning point where their last uh, well, the Saturday just gone. Yeah. But now it's been said that the honor oak isn't going to host another drag queen story hour. Okay. So some people are saying they might because apparently on the website it says they will, but from what we know, there's not going to be another one. Uh, well, from what I saw in the in the mainstream media, um, the landlady and the brewery who own the pub have not been on the best of terms and weren't on the best mm. of terms when she departed. Meaning, uh, well, in my view, it would mean that perhaps the brewery themselves just don't want the attention, don't want the uh, the stigma, don't want the protests on their property's doorstep, whereas the landlady did. And so with that, I imagine the brewery are going to step in, and this is just my personal opinion, and say, you know what, this is just too much hassle. We don't want this. Um, and we don't want this on our doorstep, which would make sense. Yeah, the police, it's also costing the police probably, like, so much money. Hmm. There's also a hairdresser's or a barber's, uh, just pretty much opposite the pub. And bear in mind, our side, we don't block the road when police say don't please don't block the road we stay on the path we stay away from the entrance of the barbers but antifa slowly edged towards so then they're blocking it so the police then have to create a line between the barbers yeah um and antifa basically so it, it's all of those factors that is probably pushing the the owners of the um honor oak pub or the land owners to basically put a stop to it because it's causing too much disruption it's causing too much money well, yeah, well, obviously. Um, I just want to pick up on something you said there um, and, mm. and the, the, dig into it a bit deeper because you use the term our site, right? Um, yeah. And I, I just want to ask you a question. It doesn't mean to seem contentious. I'm just asking a question, okay? As a journalist, should you pick a site or should you try and be as impartial as possible and, uh, and, and go and cover all aspects of it and, and both sides? Well, I tried to, but I was actually, um, just over a year ago now, I was um, subject to a sort of hate campaign by Norwich Antifa, um, a photo of me with a patriotic alternative member um, at a drag queen story hour in Norwich. We were photoed together and posted onto Facebook. That was shared 52 times. I was then uh, harassed by a Norwich Antifa page. Um, so... Even like there's Norwich Antifa who are going to the protests. Yeah. So I have tried to go to those sites, like Antifa, um, those who support Drag Queen Story Hour. But it doesn't end well for me. I just get heckled down. The police don't let me go past. Um, so I sort of, I have to stay over the side that I agree with, whether I want to cover the other side or not. I don't have a choice, unfortunately. No, well, that's completely understandable. And um, I would, I would say to them, 
what the hell do you do? Why why would you do this to somebody? Why would you do, especially a young woman? And I don't mean to sound misogynist, but especially a young woman who is, let's face it, vulnerable in a situation like that. Especially when these people who are prone to violence start getting what I would consider to be the wrong idea. Because let's face it, I've known you for what two years now, probably. And I wouldn't mm. say that your values align with those of patriotic alternative, first of all. Oh, absolutely not. And and second, I don't have it I don't have a good history of patriotic alternative anymore. I I don't think I, many I'm people totally do. Distanced. No. Um and secondly, um regardless of who you're standing with, that's a snapshot, a moment in time. And they have no idea what the context is of you standing with somebody. And they're making mm. assumptions, and those assumptions could ultimately threaten your life. And I wouldn't put it past these people to actually go that far. And I know that sounds over the top, but let's face it, in, in America, Antifa members have killed people simply because they're wearing a MAGA hat. And Well, they actually know my address, the ones in Norwich. They know where I live. Um, they, there was a reading by a trans reader. They went to read to children like well babies as young as six months right um about uh, like trans equality and there was a protest there and i went to cover it and one of the members of antifa actually shouted out the village that i live in to my oh mum. um so they know my address they could have leaked it already i don't know i don't know how many people know about it but that that was a while ago now so i'm not too afraid about it well uh, you know somebody who has been doxxed and who's Obsessive Stalker is almost definitely watching this stream right now. Hello. Um, Hello. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I completely understand, and I understand the fear that goes with it, especially when you've got family. And, you know, in my case, I've got small children here, and um, it, it's, it, it is very worrying, and it is very concerning. But it's nice to see. It's nice to see that you are pushing through, and you are continuing to stick to your guns and do what you do. And I'm assuming... This is what you want to do. This is what you want to do for a career, not just you know YouTube, but journalism as a whole. Now you've you've really stuck to that. Yeah. So I um last was it last year, maybe just under a year. I actually went to Iconic to look at the studio, and since then, a couple months ago, I was actually offered to um do some work for them i haven't gone into that opportunity at the moment mm. but i would absolutely love to i just haven't found the time at the moment so hopefully probably in the next few weeks i'll go to iconic studios i'll talk to um it was jamie ike who said so i'll talk to jamie ike about it um i have well I, i'm just taking life's just taking me wherever at the moment and i'm going with it and i'm liking it <laughs> well, that's that's good. I mean, you've got to enjoy what you do. I mean, I wouldn't still be sitting in this studio talking to people and talking to you if I didn't enjoy what I do. Um, yeah. And, 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 and yeah. So, so come on. Give us some stories then. Give us some stories about some of the protests you've been to recently. Cool. Where... Come on. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Now, so... <laughs> the honor row uh, over Saturday, obviously that was a victory. Um, Lawrence Fox was there. I saw. Uh, straight, straight clean off of the GB News comments. Yeah. Um, Antifa were not happy about that. He was clearly nervous. Um, but he still stood. He still challenged Antifa, um, criticised them, insulted them. We made, or oh, we didn't, I didn't. Um, one of my friends, um, Christopher, 
he actually made a member of Antifa cry and leave the protest. I mean, as a journalist, because... I shouldn't laugh. I should neither condone or condemn that action, but, you know. <laughs> well, they all started, like, Antifa started shouting to those against Drag Queen Story Hour, check his hard drive, check his hard drive. So okay. <laughs> they got out photos of this person, Ryan, and Ryan's got photos of him and just Speedos. Okay. They've, all, they've also got a, a screenshot of Ryan talking to Chris, who's 16, yeah. calling him babe, saying he can call him whatever he wants and everything, and Chris was turning it into a groomer thing. So he got those photos on his phone um, and started to check his hard drive, but directly at Ryan, and Ryan started crying and leaving. So okay. that was funny. Everyone loved that. Well, uh, I mean, like I said, I should neither condemn or condone these actions, but let's face it, Antifa are extremists. Um, mm. They are. They are. They are extremists and they should be designated a terrorist organization. And all of this bollocks that Antifa is not a group, is not an organization, which you always hear. Of course they are. They're organized. They 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 have flags. They have um, geographical regional groups. Of course they're a group. Um, and <sighs> it's so tough to use the term Antifa because we know it means anti-fascist. None of these people, none of them, have any idea what, what fascism is. They have no idea. Yeah. They, they, will, they are closer to fascists than anybody that they, they call fascists and attack. Um, I'm assuming there was little or no violence on Saturday, but if there was any, it was then yeah, started. There have been in the past. Well, I can, I, can, I can only assume so, because like I said, these people are extremists, and I, I can all... I, assume that they're the ones that started it um from my understanding and from what i actually saw they did so they had um like snapped sticks and then they were sharp at the at the point oh um and they're using them as flags um but they ended up hitting our side with it a lot of women got hit over the head um and there's the poor bloody there was only one officer because this is six o'clock in the morning mm. so everyone planned to get there at, like six, uh, well, I think they planned to get there at half six, but a load of people were there at six o'clock. Antifa got there for half five, um, which we think they're actually sleeping over in the pub. It would only make sense with that amount of Antifa. There were about 30, 25 Antifa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there was this one officer just trying to uh, control everyone. One of the people um, on our side got a massive cut over his hand from the sticks that they were holding. Right. Um, it was eventful. Well, you know, let's face it, we, we've seen some violence in, 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 in our mm. time, both of us out on the streets. Plenty. Actually, a lot of the violence we saw was perpetrated by the Metropolitan Police, I might say. But um, yeah. let's, sort of, let's sort of go there for a minute, because I'm seeing, and... I want, I want to get your opinion on this, because I'm seeing on social media so much fear-mongering. And these are from, this is from people that I used to think were quite sensible. And I used to think were, you know, right. And I'm not saying they're not right. But I am just seeing so much fear-mongering and telling people, all oh, of this is coming back, that's coming back, this is happening, that is happening. And I, I want to get your take on that, and I want to get your perspective on that, because what did you think 
with what you've seen and what we've seen and, and the state of the country at the moment, what is your opinion on some of the things that are being said, like, oh, mandatory masking is coming back and, and all of this? And do you think it should be said when, let's face it, I've seen no evidence of it? Well, I've seen some articles about it, and then that's basically it. But obviously, because we're not in the circles that pay attention to things like that, I think we don't notice it so much. So I can't say for sure whether it's coming back or not. Um, these days, I don't actually, I don't watch anything mainstream. I just read a couple articles where they show up. I mean, I, I would on. say that a lot of this fear mongering is not coming from the mainstream. It's coming from people that you would, you would you know coin our side um yeah definitely a lot of people saying oh who's going to follow with this who's going yeah. to um conform I, I don't think it really matters i think less people are going to conform and i think people know that yeah but do but... you do you genuinely think that there's any reason to be at this time anyway worried because i, I, no. I i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you i don't because Let's let's look at the political situation in this country for a moment. You know, we've got a conservative government that can't fill their conference. We've got a, a, a prime minister who's going to get less people go and see him speak than Liz Truss had. You know, the woman that was actually elected prime minister by the party. Um, but uh, that's that's another story, I guess. Um, and I believe they are desperate to cling to power. They're desperate to cling to power. And I just don't think the political environment is there for them to be able to do anything like they've done to us before over the past three years to us again. I wouldn't think so. I think mostly with the people that are awake to that specific topic alone, I don't. Th I think there'd be too many people if, there were, if the protests were, were to return, which they a hundred percent would. Yeah, and quite rapidly as well. Yeah, I don't think. There'll be too much, too many people. Think of it as we had what two million on the street that one day in uh, July twenty twenty one. Was it something like that? Uh, I would estimate it was probably eight hundred thousand to about a million. Was it right? That would be my no, estimate. I know what was because I know um, that's what was said was one point eight million. Yeah, million. I, th I think it was you know hammed up and exaggerated, just like the uh, just like yeah. the rejoin the rejoin uh, protests the other day over in London when they said tens of thousands of people turned out and I think best estimates are actually about 3,000 people turned up. Um, yeah. So, you know, protest groups are known for doing this. They'll always ham up the numbers and say way more. But I would say, you know, there were a good at least few hundred thousand that turned out. Yeah. Um, we were filling Oxford Street from one end all the way into Hyde Park. So, yeah. Uh, and and we were both there, and it was yeah. it was something else. I mean, we went in, we went in um, a Marks and Spencer, and they let they took us down a staff lift to the to the basement to let us use their toilet. But um, <laughs> it was it was really weird. But it we sat outside the front of it for forty five minutes, and yeah, still the protests had not finished passing. That's how that's how big it was. Um, yeah. Imagine if the protests, if so many people more awake and want to do something about it when the lockdowns apparently happen again. I don't... The I'm, protests are going to be so much bigger. I, 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 know, I know I sound contentious, but I honestly don't think the political position is there to impose anything such as a lockdown on us. Um, the court isn't there for them. The, 
the, the government wants to cling to power, and they know that would be an absolute death knell. They would not get the votes yeah. uh, anymore. Um, and, you know, John makes a good point. You know, what did the protests achieve? And I'm not sure. And, and I, I've wrestled with this. And, you know, once again, this is something we could have a good discussion about right now. Because I've wrestled with this for a while. Because I think the protests achieved making people feel good, giving people a sense of solidarity, and a, a nice day out. And I really don't think they achieved much else. Because... Listen to my perspective here, because my perspective's changed a lot over the past couple of years. Um, my perspective is this. These protests, the major ones, I'm quite suspicious of. And, and I'll tell you why. Because they were done on days where they had full permission and compliance and organization with the Metropolitan Police. So. The Metropolitan Police not only allowed these to happen, they facilitated them. And they took people mm. down and around all of the routes, and they led people on the grand old jolly around London. It was, f And then at the end of it, sometimes they beat people up. Right? <laughs> As we saw. But it was ultimately completely controlled, completely allowed, and completely corralled. Um, and how, how does that... How is, that gonna affect a government that's essentially given the permission for people to do this once a month you know you go out once a month you have a good jolly you go away and the government's just thinking oh they've 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 let their air out um and, and you know harold makes a good point people make connections that wouldn't have happened before and this is what i said you know it gave us a good boost it gave us a good way to connect with each other um and and it, it it made everybody feel good. And I will say that. But I don't think it really achieved much else, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, it is suspicious how they were allowed to happen and then the police suddenly decided, no, they're not allowed to happen during the protests. Like, if they're already pre-organised with the police. They were. All of the routes were completely yeah. pre-arranged and pre-organised with the police. So, and this is this is a point that I've wrestled with and that this is a point that I, I, I kind of don't come to terms with is that isn't that controlled opposition realistically is that not the definition of controlled opposition when that so-called opposition is asking for permission and then having the people that they oppose facilitate that thing yeah it's not how it used to... so now you sort of i think you have to um liaise with the police for a safety precaution so then they can plan the route and they can make sure everyone's safe and they can put in the precautions to make sure it's safe but like that's traffic not a, rules that's not a protest I, I, no, that's just my not, my opinion i don't agree with it <laughs> that's not a protest no, I don't agree uh, and with you it. know what just going out once a month just going out once a month and then and then going away is as far as i'm concerned not actually achieving any change um, Probably not. Only waking other people up and bringing awareness to something, causing some fights, causing some arguments. Yeah. yeah, yeah Maybe yeah. bringing people out more. So what I think is that people seeing, like on social media, how many people were on the streets opposing yeah. it, it brought more people out, and it became it made people become more confident, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but towards the government, a lot of the times we'd protest, like, a lot of the protests uh, at Parliament on a Saturday, Parliament aren't even in. No. No, they're not. So, uh, And then when they moved to the weekday ones, you know, they were the more, they were the more, um, 
I would say, spontaneous ones. They weren't arranged with the police. They're official voice, aren't they? Yeah, they weren't... They're official voice protests. They were not arranged with the police. They were just telling people to turn up on a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday and just go and protest outside of, of Downing Street. And do you know what? In my personal opinion, the only real way for a protest to make any kind of difference, and I know this might be a kind of downer, but it's for people to turn up spontaneously, without police liaison, without permission, uh, and not go away. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're going there once a month, having a dance around the streets and going away, that's not, it's not going to do anything. It really, but it was good, and it did really make, it, it was what people needed at that time. But I honestly don't think it achieved anything. I really don't. The amount of... So a lot of people would drink alcohol as well, which mm. just gave the movement a bad name. Well, yeah. There are so many fights because of that as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, what a lot of people might not know is you're only 17 years old for another two weeks, right? Mm. But you, you've been doing this since you were, what, 15, 14 years of age. When I, when I first met you, I believe you were being homeschooled. You just... Um, you just come out of school because school was failing you uh, as a student. Absolutely, it was. Um, but from that perspective, this affected someone like you way worse than it affected someone like me because you were in, in your last years of education. And do you think that there's been a, a knock-on effect that has meant that your education has suffered? Yeah, definitely. Partially my fault because we did have the online courses and I did choose, well, I wasn't motivated enough because of outside influences. I wasn't okay in the head. Um, I was having therapy. I, a lot of was going on. I was having a lot of arguments. I'd fallen out with basically all of my friends. Like yeah. I had nothing really good at the time that COVID hit. Um, and I just got demotivated. I didn't do any of the work. But also I struggle to focus like i can i can read i can i can listen to what someone's saying but if i struggle unless those two are paired together mm -hmm. so I, my um attention span is just completely out of the window yeah um i don't have a good attention span um but in school i wouldn't have too much of a problem but because i was at home doing whatever i wanted to do um lying about what work i was doing mm. i it was no good for me and a lot of other kids were the same. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, mm. But were you in school at the point of mandatory covering? Yes. Did you go along with it? Yeah. Well, you had so to. So what was, yeah, well, I didn't have to. So basically there were, there was a group of around six kids who did this as well, if that. Right. Um, but you had to wear a sunflower lanyard. You couldn't opt out of that. That's what you had to do. And for a kid with, you know, raging social anxiety growing up, yeah, um, he didn't want to be centre of attention. And also, I was actually getting bullied massively when I started going to the protests. Yeah, uh, I, I, like, I remember. Oh, don't come back to school. Yeah. Um, so I just chose, okay, look, I've got so many years left for my education. I might as well just wear a mask for six hours a day on a weekday. And how did that affect you? Thankfully, it didn't too much, to be honest, because, you know, I was happy that I could get away with chewing gum. So <laughs> it worked out for me. Well, that's that's fair enough. You know, uh, I, 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 li I like a bit of honesty on this show. I do. I like a bit of honesty on this show. 
And do you know what? Um, I, I, I'm, I have always said to people that if you want to wear a face covering or whatever, absolutely, that is your right. That is your body. You can make that choice to do whatever the hell you want. My line has always been at the mandatory phase. So when you try and mandate somebody cover their airways, that's my line. Um, mm. People should be able to make that choice for themselves. And um, it sounds to me like you kind of were, but like you said, you just didn't want to be looked at like an outcast. And yeah, I can I can understand that among children because what what um, what people need to remember is she was a child at this time, and you know you're only technically an adult in two weeks' time from now. Um, mm. And this is why I wanted to speak to you as well because people like you. Um, are the next generation of independent online journalism. And I really do think that it is the future if we keep pushing forwards. Now, there's going to be bumps in the road. Online safety bill is going to come after each of us, I think. Um, 100%. And, and, and this is something I want to get your perspective on as well, the online safety bill. What do you think that's going to mean for us? I think we're screwed. They're also um, talking about removing Rumble from the UK. Any sort of free speech that we have, any sort of opinions, no matter how controversial, even if it's the tiniest bit controversial, if it's counted slightest bit of hate speech mm. or just anyone doesn't like it, reports it, it gets taken down, we get removed or who knows, sooner down the line, probably arrested. Yeah. Um, it. It's it's going to take any sort of chance that we have of voicing any sort of opinion. I'm worried uh, along the same lines, but I see this focus on and this targeting of Rumble. And I'm not just seeing it here in the UK. I mean, we're on Rumble right now. There might be a few people watching us over there. Um, but I, I see this targeting of Rumble. And it, like I say, it's not just here in the UK. It's like CNN, MSNBC over in the United States. There seems to be a concerted effort to go after Rumble at the moment. And they're using Russell Brand as the linchpin. They're using him as the way to, you know, say that it's unsafe or something like that. Um, but I'm not seeing the same furore or, or targeting of X. And uh, I would say we are live right now on X, on my X account. And love him or hate him, no matter what you think of him, Elon Musk is out there every day now, basically, saying we need our independent online journalism here on X. But you're not yeah. seeing them go. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there's such a difference in the way that, that people are looking, as in the mainstream media, for sure, and like the British government, for example, they're looking at Rumble as one thing, and they're looking at X, which is asking you to do the exact same thing as another. Why? Well, actually, my boyfriend knows he's actually been banned off Twitter since Elon's been in. How come? What, what for? Um, talking about LGBT. See, I'm on the Disabled Journal account right now. Yeah. It was banned for 11 months under the old regime, and it got reinstated on Christmas Eve last year after Elon had taken over. It got reinstated. Um, and this is another thing that I will absolutely condemn elon musk and exxon he promised everybody that had been previously banned a general amnesty 
he never mm. provided it it never happened yeah um and he did champion his his platform it's his platform now as the home of free speech and do you know what that's what twitter used to have and used to be called the home of free speech it, 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 i i still think to this day he hasn't delivered on that what do you think yeah i still i see people still being banned complaining about being banned uh, accounts not being reinstated so either way the promise that he made to everyone it hasn't been enforced at all no um and has your has your boyfriend appealed has he tried to get his account back he tried didn't work um he's also having a lot of issues with because he had um twitter x or, or Explore or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And he's actually finding like it's not easy to remove it once you're suspended. You have to sign into your account. Well, his account's banned. So um, so he's struggling. If he paid for it through Apple, which most people did, you can just go into App Store and cancel the subscription on the back end through there. Um I don't know. But yeah, so you you can do that, but that's another thing I'm worried about. Um me and John were talking about this the other night on the show. Elon Musk wants X to become this everything app, like Weibo in China. Um, everything on there. So not just your conversations, but all of your financial transactions, everything. He wants people to move everything into one place onto his platform. And then arbitrarily, he will have the power to ban those people from everything. And do you really think, mm. uh, you know, as a young person going forward, do you think one person or at least one team of people should be able to have that power in their hands to stop you from having access to your finances, to stop you having access to conversations? No, it's an opinionated thing. Oh, I don't like what this person's doing. Some other people don't. Mm. Let's ban it is an opinionated thing. They're going to most likely abuse the power that they have. Yeah, I I'm worried that they will because he talks a good game, but right now, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of restrictions lifted on X. That way will be conversations are certainly more more free than they were. Mm. But I certainly don't think it's really achieved the moniker of a free speech platform. I I don't, especially with this whole freedom of speech but not freedom of reach um <laughs> thing that they're doing. But going back to the online safety bill, do you think that X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it now will fall in line? Most likely. If they don't fall in line, they're going to get taken off or banned from certain countries or the UK. Um, so the basically what they have to live with is either conform to online harms bill or be completely removed so that people can't use you unless they have a VPN. So. Mm -hmm. so this online harms bill, this online safety bill, it was sold to us, it was sold to the public as protecting people like you. Protecting Ugh. young'uns, protecting children from harms online. Yeah, unspecified harms, and unfortunately the people in charge can decide what harms are, which is always a problem. Uh, but mm. um, do you think we were sold a pup? Do you think we were, we were sold something when it was blatantly something else in disguise? Absolutely. There's no... Even with the guys that it would have been protecting children from predators or something like that, because that's how a lot of people took it. Yeah. There's no way in hell you can do that. Not with an online harms bill. You you can't do that. Predators, now, I saw an article um, the other month where uh, predators are actually using virtual reality um, 
and sexually assaulting kids in virtual reality and the kids are actually getting the trauma from that there's pedophiles are going to find a way no matter how many times you restrict them they're going to find a way because it's a a, an addiction it's a paraphilia it's something that they want to carry on if they're not getting help for it yeah they're always going to find a way so bringing in a bill isn't going to change that they're just going to become more sneaky with how they're doing it uh you know that that goes back to the argument i make about speech and uh, the fact that if you try and ban something or you try and ban speech or you try and ban an opinion it doesn't go away it doesn't go away it just goes underground and yeah. the people doing it or the people saying it or the people believing it just become more militant in the way that they do things um and then you get terrorists ultimately but um unfortunately too many people don't understand this reality and it is a reality um yeah. you can't make bad ideas and bad speech and and bad things and bad people go away by simply banning them it, they don't go yeah. away so just find new ways well this is it and and ultimately this is what this online harms bill looks to well was sold to try and do was to you know ban these bad people these bad actors from doing things on the internet but as you say you know they'll just find new ways they'll find ways around things they'll use a different platform they'll do, use a different chat app and platforms like youtube even i've seen a lot of these you know these online predator hunters um mm. that, that run their own they're being heavily heavily restricted and demonetized and de-incentivized to do what they do and sure maybe you could look at what they do some of them as entrapment and you could right um but i i think as a whole ultimately they they do a good service um yeah definitely they're doing what the police are meant to be doing well, yeah, and this was all started. And you were clearly struggling. This was started by uh, what was it? Dateline NBC to to catch a predator with Chris Hansen. He basically started yeah. all of this, and then then he made the blueprint, and then they all sort of copied him. Um, it's a lot harder to do in this country than it is to do in the United States because the people that do it obviously end up being accused of this, that, and the other, and then then people don't end up convicted. But still, we are seeing even this almost good samaritan type content being heavily targeted so if we're meant to be protecting children why are we targeting the people that at least are trying to protect children in real life yeah they have the whole defense that uh some of the people who are caught um are killing themselves but in all of the children's defense and the pedophile tunnel's defense they're killing themselves because they got caught they don't, they're not killing themselves because they're depressed about what they've done because they've been wrongly convicted maybe one or two and that's really bad but they're killing themselves because they got caught and they don't want the repercussions to what they've done to the kids well john's just asked a question it's quite an interesting question in the chat he says is it vigilantism and i'll give my perspective and then then you give your perspective my perspective is no it's probably not because they work to hand these people over to the police. They don't try and take the law into their own hands. But um, what would you say to that? Yeah, I'd say the same. They're trying to do a service and trying to do the right thing um, and trying to stop this, well, get this person behind bars so they won't reoffend again. So they're yeah. trying to help the police. Yeah, and do you know what? There are some of them that, that very clearly care about what they're doing and there are obviously some of them that try and do it just for clout i'll i'll you know the guy that went and got uh what was it edp or whatever his name is the internet lolcow 
um, who got caught trying to meet a 12-year-old. The guy didn't do it because he wanted to protect children. The guy did it because he wanted to get internet clout. Um, and it was it was very clear. And, but, but then he's gone on to continue to do it. So you don't know. Maybe he did just enjoy it. Shalini says, hello, didn't know you were on high, Sid. Hi, Shalini. <laughs> uh, John says, what about the guy in Australia that killed himself when he wasn't a pedo? Um, and and once again, this is a good point because this is, this is a bit of a criticism that I could have for these people. Maybe they do get it wrong, and maybe they do plaster the wrong person's face out there all over YouTube or whatever when they've gone to meet someone they think is somebody and just gone and pegged some random person. Yeah, that's why you need hard defining evidence. You need to, you know, if you're pretending to be a kid or whatever or whether you've taken this kid's phone or using it to try and trap the paedophile you have to think about when and where you're going to meet this person you have to wait until they get there have photos of their face so you know who you intend to meet rather than picking oh he is he isn't it's more you have to have the evidence that that one person is a hundred percent trying to do this and that with a kid yeah and you i think you've got to have You've got to be damn sure who that person is before. And this just falls down to, because if we, if, we, if, we, if we take it to our perspective, right, the perspective as online independent journalists, when we, when we say something is a fact, ethically, and I hate to use that word, but I want to make sure, damn sure what I'm saying is a fact. So I will source it, source it, source it, make sure it's a fact. So, you know, I'll differentiate between fact and opinion. Um... But when we say something is a fact, we like to make damn sure it is a fact. And if we do get it wrong, we'll instantly retract it or we'll instantly apologize yeah. at the next available opportunity. Um, but do you think those same standards should apply to these people? Because let's face it, what they're doing kind of is a form of journalism, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but still, I go back to why are these platforms targeting them? If if we're supposed to be wanting to protect children. It doesn't make sense at all. No, it, it doesn't. And you're going to see, I think, platforms like Rumble and X really come up for video over the next couple of years, I would say. Um, because, yes, YouTube might be where the, where, the, where, the, where the audience is right now. And it is where the audience is right now. Because, you know, people ask us, and I'll ask you the same question. Why are you mainly on YouTube and not the alternative platforms? Because most people are on it, we can't redirect people to the, use Odyssey, Rumble, etc. If they don't know it exists, exactly. So you need to hit the target audience. That you have a limited audience when you just use Odyssey, Rumble, Getter, whatever. But when you're on YouTube, you can redirect people. Um, even if you do have to censor yourself, it shouldn't matter in a sense because at least you're getting a word out. At least people know what you're saying. At least people know what you're reporting on. For me, anyway. At least, at least people know what's going on. At least people, you're getting the word out to people. If I get banned, so be it. But I tried. Well, exactly. Well, exactly. And and this is this is the point that me and John try and make to people as well. People say, "Oh, why are you still on YouTube?" Uh, well, we're still on YouTube because that's where where over a billion, hell, two billion active users are. Um, mm. you know, Rumble say they've got forty four million active users, which is great, but it's not two billion. And if you want to, if you want to get your message across, and you want to affect any kind of change, or, or or even just entertain people, you've got to go where the audience is. And I, for one, will stay here as long as they 
let us, quite frankly, because this is where the people are. And like you say, how can we direct them to our Rumble channel? In the pinned comment, by the way. Um, <laughs> how can we direct them to our Rumble channel if, if we can't tell them it's there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, going forward then, before I let you go, tell us what you're doing. Right, what am I doing? So, I've got my 18th to get past. Um, other than that, just hopefully covering protests. So, we have... Well, this is one of the things that I've been doing. So me and James, we've set up a new podcast. It's called the Barely Legal Podcast. Weird name, but it comes after a history after one of the people that I used to be friends with. They said that under 25 shouldn't be in the movement. So uh, he said we were barely legal for being in the movement. So okay. now we've made we've made a thing out of it, Barely Legal Podcast. Why not? Um, and we've been reporting on the... Uh, there's a new migrant hotel in a little um town called Dis, which is uh on the border of norfolk and suffolk right um and i i'm used to be local to there i lived there for 12 years of my life and we've been reporting on that so to come is the research that we've got from that we've released two episodes from that so far the third one is to come um that's the only thing i've actually got planned at the moment but protests events opinionated reports unopinionated reports a whole load of stuff well you you know you're still young you're just at the start of what hopefully will be a really good career um and you've got to learn and and you will learn and you will grow and you you've certainly changed over the last few years and you've you know morphed your content into something else and i'm sure you will do that again going forwards as well and you said at the beginning you you probably will um but where can they find you for now before i do let you go so for now uh throughout pretty much all of my social medias apart from barring i think rumble maybe odyssey um other than that i am the gray area on everything okay the gray area remember that folks go and subscribe if you haven't already um and uh before i let you go uh I want to say thank you for joining me for this chat. I've really thank enjoyed you for it. Me and asking me. I can't wait to have you back in a few months once you've moved your content on again, and we'll see. We'll catch up, and we'll we'll see what's going on. Um, so, young Sydney Jones, thank you very much. I, I've I've still no good at ending these things, you know. <laughs> You'll come. Uh, well, I've I've only been doing it for two and a half years, you know. I'm I'm, I'm good at doing them. I'm just not good at ending them. Anyway, thank you. It's been good for me, but it's been great for you. Cause I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, I'ma do shit my way. So you can go kick rocks, I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make. Yo, I got a lot of shit to say, so I'ma do this every day. I'll be writing things until I'm fucking buried in my grave. Six feet deep, wonder, but my body won't decay. Cause my messages are kinda so they'll put them on display. Oh yeah, I rap with a certainty.
shit my way So you can go kick rocks I'ma stack bricks up Build what I want to make Cause I don't give a fuck what you say Yeah, I'ma do shit my way So you can go kick rocks I'ma stack bricks up Build what I want to make Yeah, I'ma do it my way Shit my way So you can go kick rocks I'ma stack bricks up 